0: since the last edition of One of These Nights on KCOU 88.1 FM and the One of These Nights podcast. Talking some sports history with you on a Sunday night. My name's Garrett Jones. Happy to be back with you. Good to be back for a second semester on the KCOU 88.1 FM airwaves and streaming wherever you get podcasts. Talking some sports history with you. Big show tonight, college hoop-centric But I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs, Missouri's team, at least Missouri's professional football team, on advancing to the Super Bowl. They will play in Miami, Florida on February 2nd, and surely Missouri will be wild, fans already celebrating in downtown Columbia. As I mentioned, tonight we're going to talk some college basketball, some interesting storylines. First off, we'll start with... A Mizzou Sports snippet, as per usual, highlighting the Tigers' men's basketball team's only triple-double in its storied history. After that, we'll answer the question that's been on the mind of many college basketball pundits and experts alike. Why can't top 10 teams beat unranked foes this season? Eventually, we'll get all the way to Muggsy Bogues, Darnell Rogers, and the most successful Short basketball players of all time. And finally, we'll take a first look at the Super Bowl. The NFC Championship will likely be decided. I haven't checked the score since halftime. It's more than likely probably a foregone conclusion at this point. But we'll have to make sure during one of the breaks. Go ahead and jump right into it. Missouri men's basketball took another tough loss on the road yesterday. They fell at the hands of the Alabama Crimson Tide, but that doesn't dash any of the past history for this Missouri Tiger team, and deep inside that history is a figure that's probably been lost in the minds and the memories of many Tiger supporters. This excerpt and most of this research coming courtesy of Rockham Nation, the SB Nation site focused on chronicling the old and new for Missouri sports. How about the most versatile big man ever in the history of Missouri men's basketball? Might be a stretch, but the 6'9", Greg Kavaner, recorded the only triple-double in the history of Missouri men's hoops. Six nine. Out of Springfield, just about two and a half hours south of Columbia, where we're broadcasting tonight. Glendale High School, basketball powerhouse. He recorded a 16-point, 10-rebound, 10-assist effort early in the 1983-84 to season as the Tigers hosted Wisconsin Green Bay, a team that they played on several occasions under Coach Conzo Martin. As a freshman, Kavaner started his career as a reserve on the 1982 Big 8 Championship team. The very next year, he started all 34 games to help the Tigers win their fourth straight conference title. And that season, he averaged nearly 11 points and nine rebounds a contest. Kavaner really proved himself to Norm Stewart, and after the graduation of Steve Topanovich and John Sunvold, he became a leader for Norm's team's really getting a ton of minutes in his junior and senior years. And that led to the opportunity for him to jump right in and contribute. Obviously, the triple-double, the pinnacle of his achievement in his junior season. He continued to fill the stat columns all throughout his career and graduated with remarkable Personal success, over a 1,000 points, officially 1,097. Tons of boards. How about 894, which is sixth all-time among Tiger rebounders? 322 assists puts him at 11th, 69 blocked shots, so it makes sense why he was so apt to get a triple-double for Neumann-Stewart's squad. 55% 55% from the floor. It's pretty impressive, especially when you put it up against some of the numbers we see today. He's still around in the Mizzou athletic scene. He's on Twitter. His handle is a lovely at Mizzou 35 still lives in Missouri. Frequents the Columbia area came back in November of 2017 to celebrate Norm Stewart's statue unveiling. He was honored as part of the all-decades team at Glendale High School in 2017. And now he works as a principal, not the school principal, but according to some internet research, a principal in the business world is a company representative or leader that might negotiate with contractors or simply represent them on a daily basis. So go figure. A figure lost in Mizzou history. Greg Kavaner, the only triple-double in the history of Mizzou men's basketball. Who do you think will be the next Tiger to do it? Is there candidate on the roster? Mark Smith, maybe the first guy that comes to my mind. There's one screaming at us, and I don't know why I couldn't think about this off the jump. Drew Smith. Drew Smith easily could record a triple-double. Not that it's easy to do, especially in the college game when you've only got 40 minutes to do it. But if Missouri ever goes to like a two or three overtime game, Drew Smith leads the Tigers in points and assists anyway. So go figure with that. He rebounds quite a bit for a guard, too. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's over three rebounds a game. So he is a perfect candidate. And he's got two more years here in Como. If Missouri finds itself in a track meet, I could see him one day recording a triple-double. But for now, Greg Kavner, the lone Missouri Tiger to ever record a triple-double, and he's still around, still a big supporter of Mizzou hoops, men and women's. Tiger football, and all of Tiger athletics. We're going to take our first break of the evening. Coming up, 49ers looking like they're going to close out the NFC Championship. They will battle the hometown Kansas City Chiefs in Miami. They're up by 21 with 11 minutes and five seconds left in the fourth. We'll keep you updated on that game. First, we'll jump around the college basketball world after the break. Why can't these top teams quit getting upset? And then we'll profile Muggsy Bogues, Darnell Rogers, and the shortest basketball players ever. It's all coming up on one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Baseball is what gets inside you, it's what lights you up. You can't deny that. college to MLB, join me, Taylor Renee, and me, Emma Hayes, as we discuss all things baseball on KCOU Sports' first and exclusively female talk show, A League of Their Own. Tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia or online at kcou.fm. There's no crying in baseball! Are you the type of person who loves their community and wants it to be the best it can be? Now it's easier than ever to do your part. Go to RecycleMode.com to see just how easy it is to recycle the right way. Or if you already recycle and want to be as efficient as possible, RecycleMode.com can tell you what should and should not be recycled in your area. Become part of the clean recycling movement today. It's the right thing to do. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. KCOU would like to shout out Eastside Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out. Welcome back one of these nights on KCU E8.1 FM, KCU.FM in the blue box, and available to listen anytime, podcasting, wherever you enjoy your online content. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds brings us in a little Beatles for your Sunday night, talking a little sports history on the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. That that song is called a really long intro, but you just have to let it go through. So much fun on that album, and I love the bass work there with Paul McCartney. But enough of that. We're talking sports here on a Sunday night. And this show is normally centered around sports history. But every now and then I have to sprinkle in a little topical content. Like I mentioned, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl later in the show. And then next week, come on back because we'll have a complete Super Bowl preview. Stuffed with all kinds of Super Bowl snippets. The weirdest and wackiest. Of the Super Bowl history. I believe this is Super Bowl 54. I think it's Super Bowl 54 in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium on February 2nd. But back to the matter at hand, we're talking college basketball. And one of the weirdest trends I've ever seen in the sport. There is a distinct reason why this is happening. I should have taken more time to research it and see if I could have pulled up an interesting article for you. I don't have the numbers necessarily... To back this up. But I think that the three-point line. Extending in college basketball. Has had a drastic. Unprecedented. Unforeseen impact. On some of the results that we're seeing in the regular season. I'll start. By building my argument. With some of these bizarre. Wacky losses that we've seen. Over the past calendar week. Keep in mind. Every single one of these losses that I read over the next few minutes has happened in the past seven days, January 12th through the 19th of 2020. First, Michigan State, Cassius Winston, Tom Izzo, one of the best teams in the country, stacked top to bottom against a Purdue team that was coming off a really, really tough overtime loss at Michigan. I really like what Travion Williams is doing. Matt Painter's a great coach. You can never count them out. But this Purdue team is significantly less talented than the team that made a run to the Sweet 16 last year. They clobbered Michigan State last Sunday in East Lansing, losing by 30-plus points at home. Number eight Michigan State falls to an unranked team. There's your first top-ten team to fall to an unranked foe of the week. On Tuesday night, Kentucky, Drops a game to South Carolina at the buzzer. So you can give them a little bit of slack there because they were in the game. They controlled it for most of it. And it ended up coming down to a half-court heave to end it. But still, that's a game that, if you're Kentucky, who I was impressed with down the stretch yesterday, by the way, beating a really good Arkansas team in Fayetteville. Again, they almost gave away. John Calipari was ejected. But he was coaching this game. And South Carolina is a team that lost to Stetson. A lot of fans want Frank Martin gone. They are all over the place this year, to say the least. Lost to Tennessee last Saturday. South Carolina takes down the number 10 team in the country off a Cuisinart buzzer beater from near half court. It was at least a 25-footer. So, down goes last week. Down goes Michigan State. Down goes number 10, Kentucky. Boy, did we... Not know what we had coming. Even after two top 10 upsets. That makes a remarkable week in and of itself. On Tuesday night. Duke. Shockingly. After going on a 10 plus game win streak. The only loss prior to Tuesday night. When they fell at Clemson. A team who. Boy you know Clemson lost the national championship game. In the football slate on Monday night. Then. Just a couple days prior. Their team beat North Carolina for the first time in 60 tries at UNC, at Chapel Hill. And then on Tuesday night, they bounced back with this win over number three Duke. They're only lost in ACC play to this point. So can you imagine the highs and lows in Clemson, South Carolina last week? I'm sure they're glad to see the calendar flip to another one. Anyway, Duke comes up short. That was a game they trailed at halftime. They tried to rally back. They just couldn't get over the hump. So that's three top 10 teams to fall to unranked foes in the week so far. Then, Wednesday night, number four Auburn gets drubbed at Alabama. Team that lost in the final four last year started out 15-0. A lot of people thought that they should have probably been considered for the number one spot in the nation this week if they were able to go 2-0 on the slate, but... They started off with a loss to their arch rival. And Alabama fans, I'm sure you probably would have rather had the Iron Bowl victory and the gridiron, but that had to feel good, getting that win at home at Colon Coliseum. So that makes four top ten teams that go down to unranked foes. The next night, number eight, Oregon, loses at Washington State. What a win for the Cougars. And the Pac-12 is interesting because Oregon drops this game. So they become the fifth team this week as the top 10 to lose to an unranked team. Most of these losses coming on the road. That's worth noting. But Oregon in the Pac-12 is a team just like all the other Pac-12 teams. Unlike the SEC where you see Missouri, what they did this week was play Florida on the 11th at home. Then they stayed around until they left on Monday to go to Mississippi State, come back on Tuesday night. They actually had to leave early on Wednesday to try to beat some weather in Como. But under normal circumstances, they stay Wednesday, Thursday, leave Friday, travel Saturday, return home, play A&M on Tuesday night. In the Pac-12, that's not how it works for these student-athletes at all. You travel Monday Play Tuesday or Wednesday, move the travel day up if you're playing later in the week, maybe even Thursday night, and then you stay out on the road. So that means athletes are staying and out of their routine Friday night in a city that they're unfamiliar with. For example, if you're Arizona or Arizona State, you make a trip up to the Pacific Northwest and you play Oregon and Oregon State back to back. So that's unusual. So for Oregon, they had to pick themselves right up and they were able to get the job done in Seattle yesterday and barely squeaked by the Huskies in overtime. But they took a gut punch, losing to Washington State, a program that's really retooling and rebuilding, getting a lot better. But still, the fifth team to drop to an unranked opponent, the fourth on the road. We're still not done. Yesterday, a full slate of college basketball. Number five, Butler, a team that was the darling of many. After a really solid win streak, they go 0-2 on the week. They cap it off with a loss at DePaul, who actually could be in the AP poll this week. They're a really good team. They beat Texas Tech earlier this year. They've really clipped together some nice wins. But interestingly, Auburn, Butler, and Wichita State all lost both games they played this week. Wichita State was number 16, Auburn number 4, and Butler number 5. All three of those teams lost both of the games that they played this week. How rare is that in college basketball? Other games where we saw a ranked team fall on the road to an unranked opponent: Number 17 Maryland loses at Wisconsin. Number 12 West Virginia, Missouri basketball's next opponent, at least on the road, they take on Texas A&M on Tuesday night at 8, and then they travel to Morgantown to battle West Virginia at 11 a.m. Central. You can hear both games on KCU 88.1 FM. West Virginia loses at Kansas state. That was their first big 12 loss. That was another team that was rising up quickly. So you look at this game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I'm probably missing one. That's eight teams in the past week that came in as a ranked team in the AP top 25 that lost to an unranked opponent this week. Pretty unbelievable. I think there's one reason why it's happening. And there have been several coaches who will back this up. The expansion of the NCAA three-point line, they adjusted it to the international standards. So it's not quite the NBA range, but it is further than the shared three-point line that men and women's college basketball in the Division I shared last year and the years prior. With how much that college basketball and professional basketball teams are designing their offense to run through three-point plays... I think that the adjustment for several players, especially returners, getting used to that three-point line. We saw Vanderbilt last night set an SEC record for the most three-point field goals missed in a game. They went 0 of 25 from the floor in a drub defeat against their rival Tennessee Volunteers. It's little anomalies like that. It's these strange outcomes, unexpected Wild outcomes that have me pointing to believe that, hey, this is widely a result of the three-point line being pushed back. Now, there's also the argument that there's no great team in college basketball. I say that with air quotations. takes great. I think this year, at this point, it's Gonzaga. They are 20-1, and 6-0 and in the they Their only loss coming to Michigan in a tournament in the Bahamas. So I think that Gonzaga is going to retain that AP number one spot. They were the only, what feels like the only team at the top not to lose. Baylor also went undefeated, but they almost lost in Stillwater on the road at Oklahoma State. So you just never know college basketball. How much fun is the NCAA tournament going to be in March? I'll give you my top 10 for this week. Not that it really matters because it's clearly just going to get shuffled in the coming weeks. I've got Gonzaga at number one, like I just said, Baylor in at number two. What a job that Scott Drew's doing down in Waco. Kansas at three, quietly, the Jayhawks after taking a really bad loss. Okay, not a bad loss, but a surprising loss nonetheless at Fog Allen last Saturday against Baylor. They quietly go 2-0, and and they're in at number three. Number four, it's time to start giving San Diego State the recognition that they deserve. The only undefeated team in college basketball. Slides in at number four in my rankings. Yanni Wetzel, the Vanderbilt transfer, doing a lot to lead the way there. That is a strong program, top to bottom. And if the tournament started today, they'd be a one seed for me. I've got them in at number four. Louisville, what a huge week for them. They get two huge wins. The big one coming last night against number three, Duke. I've got Duke in at number six. They have an over two week. They could probably be a little bit lower, and they probably will be. In the eight people tomorrow. I've got Auburn in at number seven off an 0 2 week. They also could be lower. I've got Florida State at number eight. They narrowly survived an upset bid from Miami on the road yesterday. Butler, after an 0 2 week, is in at number nine. And then I'm dropping Oregon down to 10. So no teams aside from Louisville jumping into the top 10 in my rankings, at least. But a lot of shuffling going on there. I think that you could see realistically. And the next few weeks, you could have Gonzaga at number one and San Diego State at number two. I would not be surprised to see that. I don't think that Baylor gets through the Big 12 unscathed. They're still going to play Texas Tech again. They got to play West Virginia. Obviously, they got to play Kansas again. Oklahoma's been a little feisty. So I don't think they get through completely unscathed. I do think that San Diego State and Gonzaga both get through their conference schedules undefeated. What do you think? What do you make of the crazy chaos in college basketball this year? We got more to talk about on the NCAA Hoops front. Muggsy Bogues, Darnell Rogers, and my top five shortest players ever in collegiate and NBA basketball. That's coming up on one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. We'll take a quick break and rejoin you shortly. Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter at KCOU Walkons. And your week with preferred walk-ons, a part of KCU Sports, and now streaming. Hey, this is KCOU, 88.1 FM. Are you trying to release the hottest project of this year, possibly next? Come down to our studio in the Student Center, and we can mix, master, record, edit, engineer your whole project, your whole artistic experience wrapped into one visit. Please come down and visit us. If any of this interests you, please email sessions at (laughs) KCOU.FM. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you were online, check out El Rancho's website at www.colombiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at smokybear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. KCOU would like to shout out Eastside Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out. Welcome back. KCU 88.1 FM. This is one of these nights. Available to listen anytime, wherever you are, on Spotify and wherever you might enjoy podcasts. Talking a little college hoops on the show this evening, but first a word from Max Fix. Max Fix is a proud supporter of KCU 88.1 FM. It is located behind the U.S. Bank and the MU Student Center and handles cracked screens and other electronic repairs. Thank you, Max Fix, for supporting KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Garrett Jones back here with you. Hope you're relaxing on Sunday night. Hope you have the day off to celebrate Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, national holiday. Class is not in session tomorrow here on MU's campus. So hope you take time to relax and kick back for a little while. I want to hit something a little unusual at this point in the show. I have absolutely no room to talk in this department because for those who might not know, I stand at six foot four. According to my last measurement, I'm not good at basketball. I was cut from the junior varsity team in high school, but I am astonished with the way that players under six foot feet, a six foot feet under six feet are able to succeed at basketball on the highest level. And I really appreciate and go out of my way to try to support them. Because if we don't, well, then they're going to slip away. So that's why I wanted to take a look at my personal top five shortest players ever in the NBA and NCAA Division I basketball. I'll start with number five. This is what got me on the topic Back in November, Darnell Rogers of Maryland-Boston College. Wow, Maryland-Boston College. Maryland-Baltimore County. UMBC, remember the Retrievers? The first ever 16 seed to beat a one in the 2018 NCAA Tournament. He's playing for them this year. He transferred from New Mexico Junior College in the offseason Averaging a cool 14 points a game, 44% from before, 42% from outside. He's shooting a lot better than a lot of wing players, much bigger than him, and players in the low post shoot. He played at LSU on G- or November 29th. I should say UMBC came up well short in that game. He's currently injured with a concussion, but he can hoop. Before that game, he had 23 points. As I mentioned, averaging over 14 a game, standing at just five foot two, playing in Division One college basketball. Hope that UMBC makes this tournament again because that would be a fun player to watch. Number four, Nate Robinson. Anybody who like grew up with the NBA in my era has a soft spot in their heart for Nate. Nate Robinson, not only for what he did with the New York Knicks, but I remember him as the Chicago Bull. I remember him absolutely being unstoppable when he played for the Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks when my favorite team would have to play him four times a year. It felt like he always got the best of whatever Coach Rick Carlisle would throw at him. But Robinson led the Bulls to a playoff series win in 2013. He was more than just a dunker, though. He won the 2010 Slam Dunk Contest, which another player on this list judged. But he stuck around in the league for a respectable 11 seasons, stood just 5 foot 8 and wanted to give the NFL a shot after he retired from basketball, played both basketball and football at the University of Washington, all standing at just 5 foot 8. Nate Robinson in at number 4 on my personal four favorite shortest basketball players ever. Number 3, Spud Webb. Stands at just 5 foot 4. Unbelievable. A whole foot shorter than me. He can dunk and he proved it at the 1986 slam dunk contest at Reunion Arena. He's a Dallas native, so you know what that meant for him. I'm six foot four. I cannot dunk a basketball. Spud Webb is five foot four, and he won an NBA slam dunk contest. These athletes in the NBA and on the college basketball level are unbelievable specimens. He eventually worked his way to Midland College where he played some JUCO ball, another JUCO product, as many guys in this list are. Found his way to NC State and played 13 seasons in the NBA, primarily for the Atlanta Hawks. He comes in at number three. Number two on my list of the favorite short basketball players ever, Earl Boykins. And this is one that I remember from my time as a fan. Obviously, Nate Robinson was there when I was growing up watching the NBA. Spud Webb retired in 1998. Donnell Rogers, obviously still playing right now. But Earl Boykins was the one that I remember him being in the prime of my NBA fandom. He played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He actually played for 10 teams in 16 seasons. Averaged a respectable 9.8 points per game in 652 games played. Standing at just five foot six, You have to respect that hustle. Card himself out a really solid NBA career. But he's not number one. Number one is a player that you'll most likely recognize. He's the shortest player on this list. He is Muggsy Bogues, standing at just five foot three, the twelfth overall pick in the 1987 NBA draft. He averaged a respectable 7.7 points a game, but really where he was outstanding was as a floor general. He could see the whole court, despite his small stature. 7.6 assists per game on his career. There's an amazing picture. Of he and Manute Bull, who, if you don't know, stood at seven foot seven. That's a whole, what, two and a half feet almost taller? And they've got, I think it's three basketballs stacked on top of each other. Bogues is holding it with an open palm, and then Bull is palming the one at the top with one in the middle representing the height difference between those two. It's a pretty funny picture. You should look it up if you can. But Bugsy Bogues, undoubtedly the best short basketball player of all time. No disrespect to Darnell Rogers, Nate Robinson, or Spud Webb, along with Earl Boykins, who also cracked this list. But I have a certain appreciation for their ability to get crafty and stick around in the NBA. Darnell Rogers might have himself a spot. He's got two more years, including this one, at UMBC. So I'll do it for that segment. We've hit three out of four. We talked about why the top teams can't avoid upsets. We've talked about Missouri's only triple-double ever on the men's side, Greg Kabner. Coming up, we will take a first look at the Super Bowl. 49ers looking to hold off Green Bay. Two-minute warning in Santa Clara. Will it be Chiefs, Niners? I'll keep you updated, and we'll preview Whatever the matchup is, coming up on one of these nights. The game you're about to see is the most stupid, appalling, disgusting and this graceful exhibition of football possibly in the history of the game. Hi, I'm Kyle Jones. And I'm Cole Toussaint. Tune in to our show KNC Sports every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9. We discuss all the latest and greatest scores and stories from around the world of sports. Remember to tune in every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9, only on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, or online at KCOU.FM. You don't want to miss it. Oh, this is absolutely want my teenage son to be thinking how to deal with life's stresses and natural changes I want to know how to talk to him about things he'll experience as he builds relationships I want him to know I'm there for him I just don't know how here is a resource that can get you started connect with me activity cards have been developed to help begin the discussions visit health.mo.gov/ connect to access these free cards and other resources a message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late-night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard, a show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to street fighter to fallout to you name it. Is the worst thing up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. Welcome back. One of these nights, Garrett Jones here with you on KCU 88.1 FM and streaming wherever you might be on every podcast platform. How about those Chiefs, Kansas City, sealed up its first Super Bowl appearance in 50 years with a win over the Tennessee Titans final, that one 35-24. There was obviously speculation that they might end up playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in what would be a rematch of Super Bowl One in 1967. However, Richard Sherman just picked off Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo is taking knees. The Packers are out of timeouts. San Francisco's going to the Super Bowl. We've got a Chiefs versus 49ers Superma- Super Bowl matchup. Great timing. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy Garoppolo just hit a knee right when we got to this segment, giving us plenty of time to set up Super Bowl Sunday. February 2nd on Fox. Chiefs fans, you can tune in and watch your team in the Super Bowl. How special is that going to be for Missouri? 49ers, tough team to stop. This is a great defense. They've drafted really well over the past couple of years. They had the best pass defense in the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes, as we saw today in the AFC Championship game, if you watch any of it, he is a force to be reckoned with. So the question will be, can San Francisco stop that Kansas City air attack? Now, the Chiefs are going to want LaShawn McCoy healthy. He did not dress today. The run game, led by Damian Williams for the most part, has been pretty solid. This is a team that responded really well from losing Kareem Hunt in the offseason. But San Francisco is enough of a juggernaut itself offensively. Raheem Mostert, been really good. Jimmy Garoppolo. How about the Disciple? Once a Bill Belichick prospect, Tom Brady's former backup. He finds his way to San Francisco, gets a lucrative deal. And last year, he suffered a significant injury. Bounces back from it this year. And leads his team to the Super Bowl. 49ers, NFC Championship. I mentioned that Garoppolo injury. Well, well, well. Joe Buck and the play-by-play broadcaster. Several columnists and beat writers this week are going to have fun writing about this storyline. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he was named starter in 2017, went 6-0. and He led the 49ers to a 1-1 start. In 2018, but in the third game of the season, none other than facing the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, the Chiefs pulled away and won 38 to 27. Garoppolo suffered a season-ending injury and did not return until opening day of this year. This was one of the games that flung Patrick Mahomes onto the national scene, and now a crash course. Has led these two together. Well, they will face in Super Bowl 54 in Miami on February 2nd. Lots of interesting. Interesting nuggets in this one. 37 to 20. San Francisco victorious over Green Bay. The Chiefs have broken. The third longest Super Bowl drought. Only behind. Detroit with 62 years and the New York Jets with 51. Mahomes and the Chiefs as they showed today and mostly last week, their offense is on point. They were down 24-nothing to Houston, they rallied, they won 51 to 31 with 41 consecutive points and today they went down 10 to nothing and they did not look back after that. They eventually win 35-24. to 24. Travis Kelsey, over 1,200 yards. Tyree Kill, over 860. He's been injured this season. Mahomes also has been out. You wonder if that rest is starting to help him out now. Kansas City's in the Super Bowl. They led that game the last time these two teams faced off, 35-10. to 10. Andy Reid is the winningest head coach not to have a Super Bowl. His lone previous appearance came back in 2014 when the Patriots lost to the Eagles. So that sets you up for Super Bowl Sunday on February 2nd. Next week, we will have a full show dedicated to Super Bowl 54 and several acrimonious moments in the NFL's biggest stage history. And then we won't have a show in respect for what is considered by some to be a national holiday. But I will be back with you next week. I thank you for joining in. You can catch the show anytime on Spotify and wherever you enjoy podcasts, but we're recording live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Keep up with the show there. And for now, I thank you for listening in. If you're in Columbia, stay warm. Temperature's dipping again below 20 degrees tonight. Wherever you're listening, I thank you for taking time to join me. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for making us a little part of your weekend. God bless. See you next time.